0: the World's Team on Blogging Voice Network in partnership with SB Nation. I am Meg Murray and I am joined as always by Paul Stewart. Hey Paul, how's it going?
1: I'm not too bad. Feeling pretty tired. Seem to be safe for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you and me
0: both are struggling with the sleeping thing today.
1: Yeah, so it's a really, it's gonna be a very dopey episode of the World's Team folks, but we will try and wake up and <laughs> try and bring you some some days and give you some points of view Uh, um, yeah we have some episode. things
0: that might get paul heated up so <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so but yeah but how are you doing you doing all right
0: i am doing all right it is um it is it's been a gloomy week here in dallas so that probably doesn't help with the uh the sleepy feelings um but you know
1: i'll t- tell you something though mate like you're getting you
0: know you... some scotland weather honestly
1: oh no you don't want that oh no no yeah Chris yeah literally see whenever it's like 5 p.m and it's already pitch black at night like you feel Mm -hmm. like you're a hibernating bear at night and all you want to do is just get duvets and quilts and blankets over you and just fall asleep and never get up a bed at a respectable time so that's me uh, that's me every morning
0: oh yeah I mean I'll go take Abby for a walk and then I get back and it starts to get dark and I'm like, wow, I guess I should go to sleep soon. I'm like, oh wait, it's 6. 6pm. 6 I should not go to bed right now.
1: But the, but the worst part of all is I still, like, I probably still end up going to my bed like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't know if it's just because of my body clock. It's still adjusted to football season, which well, still technically is football season, but I'm not just like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, not, it's not fun to be out of playoffs. It's not fun.
0: It is not fun.
1: But but yes, folks, we we've got a few things we would like to kind of talk about today.
0: Yeah, one that I was just informed of like several minutes ago. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and vice versa, I guess. Um, I think the first one, this one, I'm like, okay, let me just back up. Vic Fangio has been hired by the Philadelphia Eagles to be their defensive coordinator. I hate that. Joe <laughs> like, I, I, had our number. Um, if you'll remember that tragic loss we had against the Broncos a few years ago, and yep. then we faced him a couple of times since then, and he really has uh, has gotten us. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. It just seems this has actually been quite a smart move by that team from the Philadelphia area. So. Yeah, if they're good.
0: really focused on two games a season, then that's a really good one for them.
1: <laughs> I like how you turned that around there. Very good, Meg. <laughs> Very good.
0: <laughs> you know.
1: Uh, but yeah, but speak, but yeah, it's a great acquisition from Philly in a way. Like they're, they're getting a coach that's got fast experience, etc. It's not like exactly like Matt Patricia or anything like that. Who like whatever and that. But is it enough for us to be concerned about? Probably not in a way because it really depends on the personnel and who you've got in your roster right now. And as I see as of right now, it's going to be a hard task for Fanjo to really turn around that defense to make them all gel together. Like you've got players that are aging, like you've got your um, Fletcher Coxes in there, etc. Like they're like on the last string strings of their careers, pretty much. And a uh, like Brandon Graham as well. Um, but it's how to get all these young players from Fellow Devil to uh, like really gel to cover Chris, and we've seen it throughout the season. This year is like there seems to be a a big disconnect communication, spe- especially in the secondary. So it'll be very interesting to see what he does with them. But do I feel threatened by it? Nah, it's hard to say, really. I think. I think it's just going to be one of those scenarios. It's going to be tough for them, but they might end up becoming much better defensively. I don't. I really don't know, but I don't want to give them too much props on the acquisition. But it's still early doors to make that a uh, assumption right now. So, but yeah, but other but other than that, there has been rumors though, and. And this was the news I brought to you. Like So uh, whether this is true or not, and this is what's been circulating on the Twitter space, I don't f- believe I've seen a full-on article on this yet, but there has been several tweets from some sources um, that Kellen Moore is a name that's popped up for the Eagles offensive coordinator. Who would have thought that?
0: I just want to know, like, if they think they're so good, like, why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> <laughs> All, uh, you're just gonna hire like this DC that like has a very like deep obsession with the Dallas Cowboys somehow because he's really good at like figuring out our offense good for him um and then you're just gonna turn around and like try to get Kellen Moore as your OC I'm pretty sure your entire fan base has dogged on this man for years so yeah. like it would be kind of ironic now am I gonna lose sleep over you know we face the Eagles twice a year no um, but it's just it's kind of cute.
1: Yeah, like,
0: you like us, huh?
1: I know they hate us, Christmas, They yeah. ain't us. There we go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I don't. I don't have no. I I have no opinion on it. I mean, if if it happens, it happens. To be Philadelphia, still the same team, same fan base. Cannot care. Cannot, cannot care less. Even though we're talking about them right now. But it's, in, <laughs> but it's in, a bit it's in relation to how it affects us. So that's where why we're talking about because it, it could it affect the Dallas Cowboys. And the way I see it, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I just I just think it's funny. And do do what you gotta do, you know? I mean the person that I'm more interested in, like that affects how I view the Eagles is Howie, so like if he's acquiring a player, that's mm-hmm. more interesting to me than what you do with your coordinators, especially when you have Nick Sirianni as your HC. Like I don't really oh, take. Th- th- I, th-
1: I'm, I'm, I'm I probably might end up regretting seeing this, but that's probably only the one of the coaches' faces I would truly would love to punch across the face. <laughs>
0: oh, I've, I have a really good friend of mine who's like father nicest man in the world but whenever the eagles are playing he's just like i hate this man like i would punch him in the face and like, i'm like oh my god
1: Well, it, it he's seems he's seems... a
0: cowboys fan he's a, <laughs> he's a saints fan like this is not like a man that like is deeply affected by the eagles he just hates Nick necessarily
1: <laughs> it's kind of funny it's like nearly like i would say all 31 teams all hate the cowboys but if all Teams and even including the Eagles fans right now. If there's one thing that we all have in common, they kind of hate Nick Sirianni right now. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. God.
1: But anyway, anyway. He's just uh, a
0: hateable guy. I don't know. Like it's just his aura about him that he just exudes hateable energy. Um,
1: oh, I don't know. I really don't know. I
0: don't know what it is. I think it's because he's a tryhard. Um, just like in general, because. <sighs> I think the day I realized that was the day that he was wore that beat Dallas shirt. That you know, the day. Um, is is,
1: is the is the true definition of the hashtag #hashtag cringe.
0: Hashtag cringe. Hashtag tryhard. Hashtag I don't care. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like. Oh, but, but you yeah. know it's,
0: it's fun to hate it's a common enemy that we can uh, across the league can just enjoy together so
1: yeah, definitely Spe- but also speaking about common enemy, uh, common enemies um, former offensive lineman Isaac Arakon who has just signed a future uh, reserves contract with the San Francisco 49ers
0: I hope they get him a cake
1: I want the cake <laughs>
0: um good for him uh I wish him all the best I,
1: I mean I, I I'm still a big I'm I mean I'm a I'm still a big fan of Isaac yeah, I, do, I, 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 very... I wish him all the best I just wish it wasn't towards San Francisco honestly yeah. it, honestly it's like it kind of feels like this episode just seems like we're on a bashing street right now it's like nah screw Philly screw 49ers um
0: here's the thing the the second we lost i was like this is where i turn into a hater like and i yeah 18
1: season there we
0: go (laughs) i'll get over it eventually but until then like all i have right now is my hater aid so i'm gonna sip on it um and that's what you're gonna get from me until further notice um but i mean just like think about every fan base you have these certain teams that you know would rank above others as ones that you hate the most and you put the eagles and the 49ers <clears throat> up at the top absolutely just straight up yeah. so yeah. anything regarding them i would be like guess what i hate it
1: <laughs> i know but speaking about uh I
0: respect out of all of that is like i am jealous of howie and i respect
1: No, I'm not even going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like when
0: you, when you. I was going to say something nice about the 49ers, but I was like, I don't even know where to go there. Um...
1: No, no, no. That, 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 that takes some massive balls to just even put that word respect associated to any one of those teams. Come on, Meg, you can, you're better than that. Thank God you did not say that. You saved the world <laughs> by saying that. Thank you're God. You're
0: right. Let me, let me take it up <laughs> my hater aid real quick. Um, 49ers can eat it. I hope they lose. And I hope they cry. um
1: <laughs> Friday, I anyway, cry. I'm
0: a, good for Isaac. I'm just glad to see him still um getting chances in the league. I think he deserves it. I think he's just like a good energy guy. um, yeah. and I like that i I like the program that he's a part of, and I think you know, I think that's just exciting to grow any way that you can grow um the game is just going to be positive across the league so this is just another way to do that and uh he's just a cutie and we love him regardless of where he's at so
1: I'm glad that you mentioned about the international development program because it was just kind of released I'm by... surprised
0: you didn't go there first
1: <laughs> well it's it, it never occurred to me but the yeah. news kind of dropped last week and uh, basically, there's a massive, massive Irish takeover when it comes to the program. I believe there is twenty four players that have been um been um uh, put through. The majority of them are coming from Ireland. Some of them are going to be playing as punters and kickers and stuff like that. We've got some players. There's one player actually coming from Scotland for slash Nigeria, um. I need to get the list up and try and get their names, but I don't have it on me. But there's I'm, yeah, we I'm,
0: I'm, can we'll do a little focus on that next week. When yeah, we... We can,
1: yeah, we can look into that. But some of them and yeah. um, but the, the biggest name of all is the Welsh rugby player. Um, is Reece something? Um, he made headlines in the UK recently. He's taking a step down from Welsh international, uh, rugby to focus on an NFL career. Or so and he is um, proposing himself to be as a running back so and I'll need to send you video clips of him but he is phenomenal like he played for the national team since he was like 17 years old and he's now what 21 years old now and he wants to kind of like dig his feet into American football now so he's at the right age he's a a big lad but yeah again on a this just kind of just run upon me just at the top of my memory. And I wish I had my notes here of all the players' names. So we will focus on that next week or something like that. But but yeah, it's it's very interesting. Like just the whole NFL international development is, is big and massive push. I believe there is one player from South America as well, like Brazil, I believe it is. And there's um, some other players from Slovakia and Germany as well. But um, some of them are wide receivers, some of them are, it's more special teams based primarily some of these players and which seems to be the more likely chance of them getting into the team, especially if they've got a soccer background, primarily. But I'm definitely rooting for the guys from my home nation. So obviously, because I want to see more Scottish in the NFL.
0: Yeah, please. I mean, I think we have seen success um with rugby players coming to the NFL. So I think that in general is just kind of a fun play. Now Again, we're back at the Eagles when I mentioned that, but like that, it goes Jordan Mulata. I'm yeah. probably saying his name wrong. Yeah, I of hope that's yep. his name. Yeah. But he was an Australian rugby player, and he's an offensive lineman. Line. Wow, I said that funny too. Um, I can't talk today. Anyways, he's an offensive lineman for the Eagles, but it's just cool to see. Like again, any way you can grow the game, you're getting international people involved much like you guys and the uk cowboys and all of y'all over there in europe but like it's just I, fun to see
1: i've actually got the list now actually <laughs> so so there's two players from australia one from austria and it's not brazil it's the dominican republic um called byron matos and three play three guys from england george smith travis clayton harry Malander um and the guy's name from wales i was talking about is L- luis reese Zamet. and the guy from scotland uh or slash nigeria is praise olotoki okay and cool. uh but yes there's quite a lot of irish lads in there and there's three other uh, guys from nigeria so big massive in-, in africa influence in there as well so um but yeah so that that's all the players there so there is 16 athletes sorry not 24 16
0: okay well either way that's it's super exciting to watch that grow so i hope i hope to see all of that be successful and to see more of these guys enter the league and like make an impact
1: yeah, like, cause you want players to be like have that impact, like your yeah, Christian or like who played for Kansas City all those years ago. The, I AKA the Nigerian Nightmare. We did have that with, um, oh God, a uh, a uh, 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 oh God, F. E. O, uh Obada as well. FE Obada for for Dallas. Then obviously he went to Washington. Then played for Carolina for a little bit. So there has been some success with it when it comes to players who's not played college football coming into the league, et cetera. So, but that's pretty cool. But Yeah, today, I mean,
0: I think I'm of the belief that, like, the college football part isn't, you know, fully necessary um, because I feel like you can really coach those guys into those roles if they have experience being, you know, phenomenal, the phenomenal athletes that they are.
1: Yeah. Definitely, but uh, but but going back to like the Dallas Cowboys though, and talking about players, yeah,
0: those guys,
1: yeah. What did we do with Michael Gallup? Because I am kind of in question marks all over my head with this one. Don't get me wrong, right? I love Michael Gallup. I really, really do love love Michael Gallup. I think he is one of. I've met Michael Gallup on multiple occasions. Lovely individual. But for what we're paying Michael Gallup, he should be like our number two wide receiver. And with him not being included as much in terms of production, that is a big question. But don't get me wrong. He has been there for the moments that has saved us. Like like he was probably one of our best receivers in that playoff game against the Packers at the early stage of that game. But... Where has he been throughout the whole season? He's not been really on the field, etc. So what do we do and where do we go from that? Do we come before the June 1st deadline? Do we stay with him? Do we give guys more opportunities like Jalen Tolbert, um, Jalen Brooks, or and bring in some other guys from free agency or even the draft in the late rounds? What we, I have no idea what to do with my Gallup right now.
0: Yeah, um, the, I think that you, for me, the writing is on the wall that you release him post June 1st, um, then you have a little spending money to,
1: oh, it's after June 1st, my apologies, my apologies.
0: Oh, you're fine. Um, then you have a little spending money to, you know, maybe pick up a free agent, which, This is going to, you're going to hear me say this like several times this offseason, but I need them to make a move in free agency this year.
1: Yeah, we need to do something. It's
0: it's not cute and it's not funny when you sit on the sideline and just like don't get active and like make moves to better your team. You could have done it last year and you need to do it this year if you're going to sit up there and tell me that you want to go to a Super Bowl, like
1: do everything Yeah, if there's two things that we could have done last, like, well, this season, not last season, but this season, is we could have brought in some more linebackers in, like, at some point during the season, because we were short fin. LVE was out, Overshawn was out for the season, and we ended up converting safeties into linebackers, and that showing a big, massive problem, even though that, yeah, they may have made tackles and stuff like that, but the physicality difference between safeties and linebackers is a whole different ball game. Like.
0: I think having your players be able to flex positions is a, um a great like asset to have in your like. Playbook. But don't,
1: yeah. Don't rely like, you on it.
0: Not be relying on that yeah. every single game. That is not the position that they are supposed to play. They can come make that, make an adjustment, help you out in certain like positions and different coverages. But like, having to rely on somebody to do that when it's not their job you're just setting yourself up for failure because mm-hmm. you're not able to operate at the highest level that you need to be operating at especially when it comes to making a postseason push that's why you had that where you're just like that defense was just like bleeding out points um
1: that's a nice way it up
0: yeah I mean you just need to you need to shore up. That defense, and you could have done that several times.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we had every opportunity. We even tried to bring in uh, Rashad Evans and ended up cutting him within a month later. So, like, I mean, it's frustrating to say the least, but it's, and this is what, and I'm going to use this example right now. We need more play, like, to bring in players more like Zach Martin in a way. And what I mean by that is, a player is refusing to move his actual position. Zach Martin, yeah, he may have did right tackle for one or two games, but he is very adamant. It's like, I'm a right guard. Do not put me on the left. Do not put me at tackle. You're going to get 100% of my capability staying at left guard. If you put me to somewhere other position and be a flex, then my percentage of efficiency efficiency is going to drop down. I'm not going to be as put on a better performance than when I'm not in my natural position and and like you said like flex is good as an asset but I would not rely on that so and this is one thing kind of going into like so the draft or free agency and stuff like that I want to make sure we bring in players that we shouldn't have to flex them about like like Tumor or Doger is a good example right we flexed him from guard to tackle, and look what what's happened to us. Like he's better being played as a left tackle when Tyron Smith is out, but when he's playing at left guard, he is like a lot. No, sorry, the other way about. Sorry, he's better at left guard than playing at left tackle, and looks like he's and he he still plays like a guard, like it, like making blocks inside and leaving the outside edge all the time. So that's a concern. And it's because it's not their natural ability to play in that position. So, hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on surprise, The Future of Work
0: And again, it's, I think, honestly, the more we complain about this, the more they hear it, I guess, because like, that's how we ended up getting like somebody like uh, Zach Martin in the first place is because the fans were just like, are you not paying attention? Like, give us offensive linemen. And so that's, you know, that's how you, and obviously there's a lot more that goes into it, but I swear the complaining helps. I don't know. Maybe it's therapeutic or uh, what but
1: well, I, I don't know about the complaining about site like martin that we were complaining the fact that we didn't draft johnny manziel that year so
0: <laughs> no we were we were okay prior to that draft yes, John, yes we were afraid that he was going to do johnny manziel
1: ah right okay. and everyone was
0: like if you don't Help Tony and protect that man. You're wasting your time. Yeah, like the, 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 the chatter around it. Yeah, um, the, and I'm not saying like he's on Twitter, like reading what we are saying or anything like that. But it's like the louder the uh, noises outside the house. You know, sometimes they hear it.
1: Yeah, because I, I mean, I remember from both sides, like the ones that are actually thinking about what do we actually need, and people were saying, "Oh, this makes great headlines," like. We do have that in our fan base right now, and you saw more of an outcry from the fans. It's like, oh, why did we not pick up a quarterback? I was like, we don't, we don't need one. But whereas the site Matt one, they were complaints like, why the hell did we pick up song? to protect our quarterback? Like, it's yeah, like, I mean, it-
0: it's the difference between people that are like fully engaged in you know, following the Cowboys versus just like shouting at the sky kind of fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know last year obviously both you and I I think most people wanted us to pick up an alignment last year I think it's absolutely 100 necessary you do it this year um along with I think linebacker that I mean I'm kind of jumping ahead but like what are three positions that you're really focused on you know going forward and heading into draft season
1: so we've already kind of mentioned linebacker so to me linebacker yeah. linebacker is definitely one of them I think we need to have more depth at linebacker, whether it's getting like, Because we need to figure out what are we going to do with Michael Parsons? Are we going to keep him as a linebacker or keep him at defensive line? Again, that's flex positioning right there as well. I'd rather we stick to Parsons at one position and let him grow from there rather than shift him about. So if, we, if he sticks to defensive line, then we definitely need a linebacker early in the draft or pick up a high uh, value free agent so that that's number one and obviously yes we do have Sean coming back and we don't know how long healthy LVE is going to play in the NFL because I-, I am more concerned about his health and safety rather than being back on the field again so linebacker is definitely one of the top positions I'm very interested in this, uh, for, for next year uh, well this upcoming draft Second would be offensive line, like we kind of mentioned, because we don't know what we're going to do with Tyler Biadish if we're going to bring him back, extend him. We don't know what's going to happen with Tyler Smith. Is he going to now finally retire to the sunset and we we don't have to worry about when he's going to play for the Cowboys? Like, don't get me wrong, he's still a fantastic player. When he's on the field, he's fantastic, but we've not had him play the full season for what, eight years straight. Something along those lines. So, we definitely need to bolster up the offensive line early in the draft, whether it's first, second, or third round. We need to get an offensive lineman. Second of and, and third of all, is running back. We don't know what's going to happen with Tony Pollard. Is he justifying himself to be that full on package running back? To me, no. Like, we're trying to make Tony Pollard a running back that he's not really designed and built for, unlike what Zeke was. Like, he doesn't have the more power capabilities. Yes, he's got the skill to be very elusive and get upfield on the outside really, really well and be the screen pass type of guy. That's great. But is it really worth to really give him a big, massive contract extension based on that? And as, and as history proves it, when you give running backs a, a new contract, that's when the, their dev, their development and their progress seem... that Well, not progress. Their... Um, what's the word? Um, or Perform. God, performance. Yeah, the performance is slightly dip and doesn't really recapture like what it was during their rookie contract years. So, and that's something yeah. that, that's something that Mike Mike uh, Mike Poland's always bragged about. The best years you're ever going to get your running back is during their rookie contract, and there is exceptions. Don't get me wrong. Like
0: yeah,
1: like. Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, etc. Like Those are exceptions, but the majority of running backs that get a brand new contract in recent times, they tend to fall apart. I mean, who's the running back for the Rams? Um, uh, Todd Gurley. Look what happened to him when he got his new contract. Went downhill. When Saquon yeah. Barkley uh, got his new contract, yeah, not as bad as Todd Gardley. I was gonna
0: say, I would argue Saquon Barkley is still a very good player, still a, but good,
1: still a good player, but let's be honest, he's, he's, he's not performed the same way during his rookie contract. Right?
0: Here's my point, and this is this goes for Saquon Barkley and it goes for Tony Pollard. Um, when you're talking about their performance, if you don't have the personnel in the building and the capability to fix that problem quickly uh you don't have the correct guys blocking for them and you don't have the right scheme so those that's are not your point.
1: that's a good point so
0: you're yeah so like a tony pollard's wasted on this team the way it's structured right now
1: that's a fair point because
0: but- he could go somewhere you know where they're they can block for this man where they have a lot more o-line like beefed up protection to let this man loose Whereas we don't have that right now.
1: Yeah, especially, and
0: even if yeah. you go in and add someone in the draft, you're still going to have to do more to make that a possibility, I think, for him.
1: In some way, I do agree with you, but some way I don't, because whenever we do run with Rico Dodo for the inside, he has a different style of running back. He can hit those gaps more efficiently than Pollard can. So there is that aspect. So this is well, more... I think
0: you agree with me then because that's yeah. what I'm saying is a guy like Rico or like a power back can yes. fit into our system a lot more easily. Like you need him to open up Tony Pollard, Yes, you know? So, and so it's nothing against Tony or and like Saquon Barkley could be so much better. Like you could actually see how good he is if he had the right personnel around him.
1: See, and, and this, this kind of goes back to the biggest rumor mill that's been happening for weeks now is well, not rumors, but the big discussion within Cowboys Nation. It's like, what is it we need to do to bring like the likes of Derek Henry on board?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I I said <laughs> I said it. I'll say it the way that um, I said it to Kelsey. If you don't go out and get a big, sexy, like player in free mm-hmm. agency, don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You hear it, folks? If you we- say
0: you want to like win a Super Bowl, you got to go all in. I don't know. I'm not asking you to like blow a million dollars or not, actually more than a million dollars. I'm not asking you to do something like
1: what well, the Rams did,
0: right? You don't have to go full Rams, but if you pick up somewhat like a big, sexy player that fits in with what you have mm-hmm. and just enhances yep. it, it was, it's going to get you so much further
1: yeah i mean listen i mean and to be fair though we have made some really good pickups uh well sexy-esque pickups last year Stephen gilmore like yeah like like he had all the accolades he's one of the nope. best best corners played in the league and he's been great yeah. for us so if we can get it's
0: definitely Stephen gilmore yeah that's not what i'm talking about
1: I know, I know i know but i'm, ju- I'm yeah. just i'm just saying like, he,
0: like he's right he's the level under big sexy he's like
1: yeah exactly yeah <laughs> like, that, 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 that's where I'm, right I, I'm yeah that's why i'm trying to meet you right here like right there because yeah. <laughs> like, like and i
0: don't hate that but you need more than just you know you give give me more give me a surplus of stefan gilmore picks like pickups yes. or big sexy
1: yeah, like a player that is is individually going to change the game and how we're going to play going forward. 100%. Or, or yeah. like you said, a collection of just below sexy. Yes. <laughs> I don't can believe yeah. we're talking about it like this. This is, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a bunch of players that can contribute and actually make a difference in the team collectively. Right. Like that so, yes, I totally agree with you, one hundred percent.
0: We'll
1: see what they do. But, but what about you? What is your top three positions?
0: Um. Obviously, linebacker and offensive lineman. Offensive lineman number one. Number one, and everything below that is really like number ten and below to me. Like, I need you to do that first. Mm-hmm. Take the best offensive lineman that you can find in the draft, wherever that. Like, if that's a guy in the second round, fine. No,
1: but like, I'm, I'm, I'm calling.
0: Focus on that. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm, I'm saying it now. I've got my pet cat already, and it's Graham Barton. From okay. yeah, Graham Barton from Duke University. He's my pet cat for this draft.
0: Meow. Um. So <laughs> yeah, I would say linebacker as well. Um. Then then when you think about like if you go beyond that, <sighs> I guess I'm I just don't see like yeah you're gonna need to get like a later round running back. Um, that you as a power back that you can have for a while because like it's just kind of like what we were just talking about. Honestly, I'm I'm in agreement with you on that. I can't think of like a bigger position that I'm like needing from them right now. Yeah. That that I need them to do in the draft because like like again we we tried doing this the big guy thing with Mozzie Smith and I'm not saying that won't pan out but I need it to pan out now.
1: I don't and that's unfortunately for us we have become impatient after 28 years so
0: right but so uh, that's why when I talk about the draft I like of course I want some more big boys but I need someone who's proven at a at a certain position so like yeah sure go ahead and get them like whatever but I, I but I need you to think like they're not going to be your big starter there. Like they can come in and pick up some like snaps and stuff like that. But like, I need veteran guys, like proven guys that can slot in there. Whereas like when I'm talking about draft, like impact right now, I think you, you can get a, you're obviously good at picking offensive linemen that you can develop quickly yep. and i think that they're good at that with linebackers and i think that they if they find a power back that fits into their scheme easy money
1: Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you Whereas everything
0: else i would like to figure out and piece them in you know free agency style or however you got to do it but
1: yeah i think one of the positions that could be a dark horse that we might potentially need is actually defensive line again, that could have yeah. a knock-on effect with a linebacker as well, depending on what we do with Parsons, because, like...
0: That's true.
1: Because as much as I love Demarcus Lawrence and stuff like that, we don't know, like... Well, I need to look at all the contracts and stuff like that, Fowler, et cetera, Dorrance Armstrong, et cetera, like, like there's Sam Williams as well, like, he'll be coming up soon end of his rookie contract. Do we need to bring in uh like, early round, pro- like, Prospect from the draft, or and a big free age, a big splash as a defensive lineman to come on board as well. So, and speaking about defensive line, um, Aiden Durdey, our defensive line coach, has been having interviews right now. I think you're on mute.
0: <laughs> oh, I was muted. That's right. I was. My dog is making so many noises. I was like, hold on a second. <clears throat> um, yeah um, I think we talked we talked about this before we started recording, but, like, it just kind of felt like it was heading in that direction that he'd be yeah. on his way. um, And it's nothing like, no, there's no bad blood here no.
1: with that man. But... He's, he's he is a fantastic coach. I will give him that. But in terms of our, like, I feel like our in terms of putting the pressures on certain quarterbacks, there has been a, a – a slight steep down and whether that's on him or it's on Dan Quinn, whether that, I, I don't know who to really point the finger at, but it's, it seems like for Dardy, like he's had a really good start, but it kind of seems, like it's kind of seems slightly fizzling out a little bit. So, but already, if he does decide to move on, if he does, I mean, I'll still be happy for him to come back. And hopefully if we can bolster up our defensive line in terms of players, that would be great. But if he was to go, I've already got my eyesight, so I would like um, uh, like to replace him, and that is the defensive line coach Ben Bloom, who is part of the Cleveland Browns. A guy has had over fourteen years in the NFL, and he's been with the Browns for five years as our defensive lineman coach. And he's the guy that is responsible for making Miles Garrett one of the best defensive linemen in the league. So, and he, and primarily what he specializes in, run defense. So that's a guy I would be very interested in having a conversation on and getting on the phone to.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the first I've heard well heard of. I didn't know he was not with the Browns anymore. I should say. Um, so that's that's an exciting name that you know you could hear hopefully getting an interview in the building.
1: Yeah. Uh, thank- Fingers crossed. So they're being
0: kind of either they're either not interviewing a lot of guys right now or they're being hush about it because I'm not hearing too many names. But that would be one to keep an eye out for.
1: Yeah, Chris. Chris, as of right now, the Browns have hired uh, Jacques Zizier as their new coach to replace Ben Bloom. So Ben Bloom is out there available if if Dallas were to go in a different direction. So Bloom. Yeah, so Bloom will definitely get, be getting offers out there from other teams and stuff like that because there has been teams out there in the league that are probably more in dire need in comparison to Dallas right now. But yeah. if, if Bloom wants to kind of continue on and help move on to like get into playoff status and potentially move up and get into NFC, Champions, uh, NFC championships and Super Bowl status, then I think Dallas would be a good landing spot for him.
0: We shall see.
1: Stay, wait and see, and see what happens. Yep.
0: Stay tuned, folks.
1: <clears throat> yep. But...
0: speaking of staying tuned, there, <laughs> there's a championship weekend going on this weekend. That you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Wish it yeah. was us, but it's not. <laughs> what yep. are your thoughts on these matchups this weekend, NFC and AFC?
1: Mm. I really hope the Lions actually beat San Francisco.
0: I think we all do, right?
1: Yeah. But, but remember weeks ago, I talked about the whole NFL logo conspiracy thing. It's still on the cards. Purple and red. Purple and red.
0: Well, I mean, if you think about it, they're both the number one seed. So that's not like so crazy.
1: Not really. But the thing is, the logo was done in advanced way advanced as of every Super Bowl logo in the past four years. So every logo in the past four years the colors have actually matched the teams in the Super Bowl. It's
0: And here's my just thing, have we thought about that maybe it's not purple but maybe it's red blended with blue?
1: (laughs) Mm, Unless I'm colorblind.
0: No, I mean, like, I'm not being 100% serious on that. Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) It could be, like, red and blue isn't that far off. So it could be Chiefs and Lions, if we're following a script here.
1: Mm, Could be, but... but, uh...
0: Genuinely, do you think that the Lions, not do they have a chance, because they obviously have a chance, but, like, realistically, how do you think that matchup ends up?
1: I think it's going to be a lot closely contested that people are going to uh, make it out to be because didn't the Lions beat San Francisco during the regular season this year?
0: Great question.
1: I'll need to double check on that because I'm pretty sure they did. Because um, if that's the case, then I don't see why not. Um, yeah, they won 31 to 20. No, no, sorry. I do apologize. That was not it. Uh, it was, let me see. Maybe not.
0: I think maybe were you were you thinking about the them playing the
1: Ravens? No, it was the Ravens. It was the Ravens. That's what it was. My apologies. It was not.
0: They played both the Ravens and the Chiefs. So Mm. they have (laughs) they're uh, AFC battle tested.
1: That's true. So yeah, I got my facts wrong. Not it's not the first time I was like I
0: don't recall that but you know I again it's iffy on like who I pay attention to outside of the Cowboys so
1: yeah you can tell we're very Cowboys focused here because we don't really care Uh, about the other teams but it's always good to have a wee discussion who we think's going to potentially win this Super Bowl but but yeah
0: that that you're not like that they haven't played what realistically who do you think is gonna win that like and you can i'm not saying you shouldn't say the detroit lions i'm just saying
1: on paper san francisco but i have a gut feelings a uh, detroit's gonna cause the upset like because i think with gibbs yeah. with gibbs laporte especially laporte he's been fantastic a guy that dallas wanted in that draft last year Sam laporte my god well, what a player he is and you've got like so, um, a, a got the wide receiver group there as well, and Jared Goff has been actually been, really like he's turned his career around since being moving since he moved to Detroit, so, it's been it's been really good for them, but is this could be the, could be the year for them to really make it? Who knows? But. But I so think they that- have
0: the momentum. Um, it's. It's a matter of those guys in the building. If the moment becomes too big for them or not, I feel mm-hmm. like, cause I feel like, and I'm not saying it is, I'm just, it just, again, the Cowboys, it turns out that moment was a little bigger than they might've thought.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: You never know. So I
1: mean, just the, yeah, just yeah.
0: looking at like how the teams are structured. The 49ers outside of Brock Purdy are well equipped to be in a situation like this they just have so many big veteran guys um and I'm not saying the Lions aren't it's just just looking at them at like a far away level
1: yeah yeah, because the way I'm looking at it as well like when you look at the Green Bay San Francisco game it's like there was a lot of things that we've uncovered during that game there was a lot of Creeks and cracks that actually got exposed San Francisco. So there could be something there for Detroit to really expose in that. So I find that very interesting. But whereas comes to the AFC game, I have not got a clue who's going to win that game. I really don't. Not got yeah, any clue. I think
0: it's, I think it's funny. I, I've just listened to like several people talk about this matchup and they're always like, well, like the Chiefs haven't been that good like this season, and I'm like, once the Chiefs hit postseason, they're a different team. Like you have to throw out everything you watch them do in the the seat like the season before you get to the playoffs because they are completely different. They just, I don't know, I, maybe the high level just like turn like turns all of their gears on like, but they just perform differently, especially Patrick Mahomes so it's
1: it's like shifting their car into second gear
0: right and i think the reason this one's going to be so interesting to me is because both of these defenses are so awesome Mm -hmm. and both of these quarterbacks are so awesome so it's like a real like true duel between these guys that i'm like going to be really interested to watch
1: yeah like if if it's me though and the reason I'm gonna and don't hate me for this, but I would like to see Baltimore win. I don't sure.
0: hate you for that.
1: But the reason why I'm saying that, I it's nothing to do with the whole Taylor Swift thing. It's nothing to do with that. That's what I thought you may kind of think I was going with this, but no, there's a certain player, That's um, irrelevant,
0: really.
1: I I'm sorry, but <laughs> but there's a certain player in um Baltimore has got a very special place in my home nation, and that is David O'Jabo. He is the former Michigan defensive lineman who's from Scotland. Mm-hmm. And he's now plays for the Baltimore Ravens. And he um I w- would love to see a Scottish player with a Super Bowl ring. That's yeah, just... I
0: mean once it gets outside of the Cowboys and like my rude, like obvious hatred list, like <laughs> I don't care who wins. Yeah. Um, I actually really like the Ravens. Um, if we're talking about teams that like I did, I started to pay attention to them later in the season. Um, just because I, I turned on one of their games and their defense. I just, I remember tweeting it too. I was just like, these guys are freaks. Like these guys are crazy. And I, I was just like fascinated. I was like, Lamar Jackson, fabulous. But I was like, the second the ball turns over and they're on defense, like I was locked in because those guys are like nuts. And the um, Kansas city chiefs, the reason they're even in the position they really are other than ob- the obvious um, is that their defense has been so locked down and good all season. And it, then it has carried over into the postseason. So watching these two defenses go up against these two MVP caliber uh quarterbacks, this is the fun, the super fun game to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you.
0: And like the and the the NFC game is more frisky to me. Like I feel like that one's like <laughs> and like they're both teams that are like risky in their different ways like it's going to be fun in a different way than than it is like to watch the, the AFC matchup anyway
1: I, I totally agree if you like that, that, that definitely the, the fun games definitely to watch as the Baltimore and Kansas game because you're you're, you're going to expect like Lamar and uh, and Patrick to really like just ball out regardless whereas on the other game anything could happen and and I'm going to add this as well like for San Francisco right now Like the pressure's on them to deliver to get to the the Super Bowl. Because obviously, like, it's like you kind of mentioned that whole second gear um, idea. Like, Detroit have been looking really good in these playoffs right now. And if I was San Francisco, do not underestimate them. Go like so. I think that I think it's all there for San Francisco not to screw up more than anything rather than Detroit being the better team more than anything.
0: We'll see. Mm-hmm. These are both going to be super fun in their own special, special ways. Um, I wish we were there instead, but you know, you
1: know you, maybe- know, you know what you know what sucks. We can't do till, like, as of that last game. We can't do any cheeky predictions for the Cowboys right now. I know it's, it sucks.
0: But cheeky prediction? Where do you think they're all going on vacation? <laughs> <laughs> I know what? Dax and Aspen with uh, the, the Rush family.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have no doubt I do no it, but I know I'm going to be in Italy next month, so that'll be good. Yeehaw! I'm I'm definitely going to do yeehaw when I'm in Italy. They'll be like, what, what the hell? I'm doing a
0: little National, a little New Orleans, and neither of them have anything to do with the bachelorette party, so that's exciting.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> anyhow. anyhow. <laughs> Since
0: we're all locked in on off season already um that's what we're up to tell us what you guys are up to and that you can tell people that paul where do they follow you at
1: yeah guys you can follow me at i am to on twitter for slash x and instagram
0: perfecto i am at meg murray with four r's on everything um be sure to check out blogging the boys for the latest and greatest cowboys news what we are up to at all times it will be on there so check it out um, and be sure to listen every single day. We have a podcast for you about those gosh darn Dallas Cowboys and all the happenings about the team. So be sure to rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can tell Paul. Um, that, you know, purple's okay. And go Scotland.
1: <laughs> I'll I'll accept that. i like that one. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, until next time. Dallas forever, Philly for never, San Francisco for never, y'all can bite me.
1: And how about them cowboys? How about them cowboys?